All right, as we do every week, every Wednesday for a half hour, joining us from Washington, D.C., is Congressman French Hill. And, Congressman, how are you today? Hey, Dave, great to be with you. Good to have you here. Let's start off, instead of going with impeachment first, because I've been speaking about that for the last half hour, Mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, the president and NATO, because that's really important. He's had a legitimate impact on NATO. Now, there's a there's some little bit of pushback going on right now. They were talking behind his back and all of that kind of stuff. He's not a real happy camper with Trudeau or Macron or any of those guys. So uh, your take on it. Well, I don't think the French have been uh, happy uh, since they stopped using French as the diplomatic language of using English. <laughs> I mean, come on, this is... We have a complicated relationship with uh, France, and I really think listeners ought to put that in perspective. I mean, you could go back and take Trump's name out of that paragraph and insert Jack Kennedy's name or Ronald Reagan's name or Dwight Eisenhower's name. But at the end of the day, France is is our longest ally left over from Revolutionary War days. They are a friend of the United States. But France is always trying to assert its leadership in Europe. And you saw that with uh, the interchange, I think, between Macron and Trump. So it's not new. Uh, it's a it's a standard tense part of the relationship that we have with our oldest ally. Well, I I loved it just because you know I, I'm I'm going to send the president my great French jokes that I have. Uh, my favorite one is to say if, if there's a World War Three, the loser has to keep France, but. <laughs> Well, I'm, don't forget, I've, I've got to deal with this in my own name. I mean, uh, during the uh, when President Bush was arguing with uh, France about uh, Iraq, I mean, mm-hmm. we had Freedom Fries, and I changed my name for a while to Freedom Hill instead of French Hill. That's so. right, but that that only makes sense to me. I mean, it really Absolutely. does. So, well, listen, it's a serious issue, and yes. I think Donald Trump should be commended for continuing to press the Europeans to pay more for their own defense and let the American taxpayers begin to slowly uh, reduce their contribution to that financially, not manpower, not strategy, as President Bush would say, but in the dollar category, Germany and France and the United Kingdom and others need to step up among the allies. And just since President Trump began pressing, we've gone from, I think, around three countries that met the 2% GDP participation level uh, up to nine. So uh, President Trump's uh, pressing uh, for more financial support is uh, good, and he's done that in the right way. And let me tell you, every president since Jack Kennedy has asked for the exact same thing. Yeah. Now, you brought up something, uh, or Steve did, to me that I did not know, and that uh, NATO uh, is going to... you know, uptick their their spending from some of these companies, uh, countries. However, they agreed, NATO agreed Thursday to reduce the United States contribution. I hadn't seen anything about that in the press. Yeah, and this is exactly what, uh, as you know, the president has making has made this point uh, all over. Uh, the world as it relates to our military and our military support of our alliances. We're delighted to be a strong partner. We're delighted to be their 
nuclear umbrella. We're delighted to be a strategic partner in planning and executing and operating. But we want more financial support. And in one of those things, just in this most recent meeting, the basing expenses of the of the of the, you can think of it as of the headquarters budget is now being covered uh, more uh, by the European uh, countries, and that's that's good. And I think it's it makes NATO stronger that the 29 countries have more skin in the game and uh, play the role. You can't replace American space, cyber, air power, and of course most importantly the nuclear deterrent but you can certainly have more of a sense of partnership in the financial budget and listen by saying this i'm not taking anything away from the men and women who wear the uniform of those countries and fight alongside americans around the world i mean just last week president macron uh, was involved in a funeral for 13 uh, french forces from being killed down in mali uh, mali down in uh, Africa is is a part of the fight against Boca and uh, ISIS down there in Africa. So we're proud of the men and women who wear the uniform that share the NATO patch. Well, as we look at making the other countries pay their fair share, something that everybody needs to understand is that America still uh, bears the, the burden of more troops than anybody else in NATO. Sure. And, and we're the largest economy by far, but I think where President Reagan and President Kennedy before him and now President Trump realizes is that you have Germany, uh, which is a large economy, it has a budget surplus, uh, claims that they'll hit the 2% of defense budgeting of GDP by 2031. And that's... Uh, well, that's BS. It is. I mean, that's that's where the president's coming from. He's saying, look, this is a rich, smart, well-organized uh, partner in Europe uh, that's right on the front lines, and they ought to be doing more sooner. And most of the gains we've made have been a modest uptick in uh, for Canada's contribution and, and through our, our newest allies in Central and Eastern Europe, people who were on the front lines of the Cold War for 70 years, those are the ones most sensitive to increasing their defense spending. Last question about uh, about NATO, and let's talk about Germany, where we have a lot of troops at uh, over in Europe. And I came across a story, uh, I think it was Tuesday, that uh, some of our bases in Germany have to use Russian natural gas. Is that true? They're being forced to use Russian natural gas? Do you know? I don't know about being forced, and I don't know that that's the, um, uh, if the, if, if what size or scope of our base supply is from it, but the general answer to your question is that yes, Germany has, as you know, been <clears throat> a constant voice. This also goes back to the Reagan administration. President Reagan pressed uh, Chancellor Cole and his predecessor to not connect with Russia and become dependent on Russian national gas, and they pursued it. And as you know, President Trump raised that with Mrs. Merkel uh, last uh, summer uh, at the uh, meeting in Helsinki when he was uh, discussing the same topic. What is, what is what is her answer to taking to doing this with your sworn enemy when you can take it from? your sworn friend, the United States. 
Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, that when when uh, relations are good, uh, the, the gas price uh, from Russia obviously is cheaper. Uh, that's point one. Point two, I think Europeans, even during the Cold War, felt that if they had more uh, integration, there'd be less chance of of war breaking out. We know over history that that's really not ended up being the case when you get down to the brass tacks. So this is why beginning in the 80s, uh, the, the administrations, all the administrations have urged Europe to diversify. But we haven't been able to put uh, that at warp speed really until the 20, I'd say 13 to 2019 period. Why? Well, fracking and directional drilling in America mm-hmm. have made America the largest producer of natural gas and now the largest crude oil exporter in the world. So we can, that price is now lower. We have transportation facilities for liquefied natural gas on the east, west, uh, and Gulf Coast, and we can get that gas over to the Adriatic or the Baltic quicker and faster. So uh, it's more reliable now than ever, and that's why I think President Trump continues to press that. We're not asking him to stop using Russian gas every single day of the week, but think about the blackmail potential of that in any kind of crisis it. situation. You better believe it. All right, Connie Smith, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Let's talk about that horrifying word, impeachment, here right. on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we move into the last part of this half hour. Congressman French Hill is our guest from Washington, D.C. We're going to move into talking about impeachment. Got to talk about it. It's a it big deal that's going on in the chambers right now. And, uh, Congressman, your thought, first of all, of that first report that came out from Shift. Well, I have both the shift report and the Republican minority report on my desk to take home and plow through. That'll be about 400 pages of of reading. But when you look at the summary that's been released by the Intelligence Committee, you know, you there's there was no fact case built in the basement under Schiff's leadership that leads to high crimes and misdemeanors, bribery or treason that deserves impeachment. You know, I've said since September 25th, if you want to conduct foreign policy oversight in the House Foreign Affairs Committee because people differ on how to conduct foreign affairs between the executive branch and a foreign country, you know, have go for it. That's a, that's fair game. But to allege that there's an impeachable offense and start an impeachment inquiry, uh, I just thought was over the top. Not to mention that it was not done in conjunction with the more balanced and fair approach taken by Republicans with Bill Clinton or Democrats with Richard Nixon. And now we've started this, quote, new phase where the report's presented to Judiciary Committee. And I actually don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they don't they say they don't have any new material. Uh, They didn't really present a fact case that leads to a firm bipartisan consensus and conclusion. So I guess it's going to be an echo chamber in Jerry Nadler's world. Uh, so I think we just have to wait and see what, what they do. I'm, I'm, it's a mystery. Well, Jim Jordan said today, don't, uh, uh, pardon me, it was uh, Congressman Collins from Georgia mm-hmm. who said that don't, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, confuse yourself. They're already drawing up articles of impeachment from the judiciary. Uh, why have hearings if you're that, con- you know, you're that convinced that you need to impeach the man? And number two, why does Schiff say we've got concrete ironclad evidence and then says, I don't know if we'll impeach him or not? Well, this is, a, hey, you know, when um, <clears throat> when you're watching a 1968 episode of Mission Impossible and it's, there's some authoritarian dictatorship that Jim and the gang are going to break into, uh, it's a show trial. It's, uh, you know, this is all for television. And when you don't have facts on your side, all you have is drama and breathless uh, reporting by the national media. So to me, it's it's disappointing. It's uh, turned off a lot of Americans. It's more of the what's expected now out of Washington, D.C. What we, what we ought to be doing is having a serious agreement on an appropriations bill, get the National Defense Authorization Bill passed. We've passed it 58 years in a row bipartisanly, and we still don't have it across the across the goal line. It should have been passed last summer. And uh, we're still arguing about that. And we, of course, USMCA, uh, the United States-Mexico and Trade Agreement, which needs to be finished for benefiting Americans mightily because that's our most important trading partners in the whole world, certainly to Arkansas. Let me jump in and ask, what have you heard about that? The last time I had you on, you said that uh, the speaker had said, They were going to take it up, but you weren't sure if that was true or not. Well, it's interesting you say that because I visited with Vice President uh, Pence today and Kevin McCarthy, a couple of different uh, circumstances, and really both implied to me that it was uh, soon, that they were hearing now that Mrs. Pelosi had uh, gotten whatever she wanted added and that the Mexicans and the Canadians were okay on something regarding biologic pharmaceuticals between the countries or some issue that was she was still hung up on. Uh, so if you if we got to keep our fingers crossed, but we may well get this done before Christmas, and that would be a big win for President Trump's efforts on trade. It would be a big win for American manufacturers and American farmers. Any worries in your mind after what happened with Trudeau at NATO and the talking behind the president's back, as he called him, two-faced, that this will cause any problems? You know, I really don't. I mean, um, Trudeau's lucky to have gotten reelected a few weeks ago, and um, uh, that was a long, tough campaign for him. Again, I think people need to there's a just people spend too much time talking about what they think about each other in public these days whether it's on social media or in public let's just, let's just get to work you know we, it's the old adage uh, that my dad and my first bosses uh, drilled into my head you don't have to like the people you work with but you've got to get along with them and produce a product and so I believe the Canadians are satisfied with this deal, they've approved it in their parliamentary system. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, spoken out in favor of it. So let's let's push it over the goal line. Yeah, and so it's up to the Speaker of the House now. It is, and she's going to need something positive to talk about, uh, talk about before Christmas instead of her uh, continuing efforts to uh, do nothing to help the American people on health care, do nothing to help uh, 
our men and women in uniform and, and obviously not get our most recent, most important trade deal across the floor. So hopefully she'll she'll do that, and that would be – I would consider that a victory, and I'd be willing to thank her for her diligent effort to get it passed. I mean, it's it, she's – you know, six or seven months later than I would be, but that's that's her business. Well, it's like President Reagan said, doesn't matter who gets all the glory as long as you can get it done. Yeah, and that's important here, and it's important to my folks. But in the meantime, we're just eating up uh, in the Capitol building with this show trial going on with Jerry Nadler, who, look, we're not only violating every one of Jerry Nadler's policy positions and work in the Judiciary Committee in 1998 when Bill Clinton was under the same circumstances, but we're violating Speaker Pelosi's own guiding principles of spring 2019. We should not use impeachment. It's too divisive. It hurts our country. And that we should only do it if it's a strong, ironclad fact case and it's bipartisan. And so none of those premises are present here. So this is why I can't answer your question where she goes or what she does with it. Yeah. Uh, So I, I can't even speculate uh, as to where. My view has been since September 25th, she's caved, trains left the station. 17 of the 24 Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee voted for Al Green's impeachment resolution of a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Nadler, so, Nadler said make him chairman, and the best reason was he's the guy who could get an impeachment done. Yeah, this was this was think about this is during the organizational meetings for this Congress. And when was that? That was, you know, last winter. Um, I mean, this is it's a pre-cooked deal. And I think that's why the Americans are focused on the highest will real wage growth in over a decade while they're focused on low unemployment, while they're focused on a record Black Friday and a record Cyber Monday. And while they want uh, the economy to keep growing and more opportunities for our kids, and they just think what goes on in D.C. is nonsense. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, that's what I hear when I'm uh, at home. And uh, even so many people are saying, why can't you all get things done? And if we were focused on communicating about the work we try to do instead of it being dominated by the Adam Schiff show, I think Americans would have more confidence in the direction of the country and what's going on. That's all the time we have, Congressman. We do this once a week. It's always a good visit with you, and we appreciate you bringing us up to date on issues that are affecting Americans and Arkansans here back home. Dave, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Look forward to seeing you soon, and uh, enjoy this run-up to that happiest time of year. I got you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got news coming up top of the hour, and when we come back, we've got special guests in the studio with Joe and Duck that you won't want to miss. That's all coming your way. In the final hour today, I'll be talking to Robert Steinbach. We'll talk about what's been going on in Washington, D.C. today as uh, Congressman French Hill talks about the show trial uh, that is uh, occurring in Washington, D.C. and about all of the constitutional scholars that appeared 
And uh, we're talking, by the way, the uh, Constitution scholar couldn't remember Yale and, or Harvard. It was uh, Stanford that uh, one of them came from as well. So uh, let's get to the news. And then when we get back, we'll have more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.